Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Top Shelf Tech with the Instillery. My name is Christina McKenzie, and today we have a really important episode where we're talking to Rob Fisher and Sam Allen about elevating Aotearoa's future. Welcome, guys. Thanks for coming along. Morning. Hey, so um, today is a really special episode where we get to share an initiative that you've both been working on with a, with a team of group, uh, a team of people that are passionate about it called Elevating Aotearoa's Future. Uh, Rob, would you mind giving us a bit of an overview of what EAF is all about? Yeah, for sure. I mean, from my perspective, it's a, <clears throat> it's a coalition of, of willing people who see a real gap in the, the number of Māori and Pacific people in particular in the ICT industry. It's, you know, when you work in the industry, it's pretty obvious to you. It's apparent that we we are underrepresented in that space. Mm. And I've got a, you know, a real view that that has real long-term uh, consequences for Māori and Pacific people if we can't get better uptake. And, um, you know, it, it's not an organisation. There's no real interest other than uh, we need to do better for our people and we need an industry that better reflects the communities that we work in and that we work with. And that's really the uh, the kaupapa from our perspective. And so tell us a little bit, before we get into sort of why this is important and, and what it's aiming to do, can you talk to us a little bit about who is in the coalition with you and how you all came to work together? Yeah, for sure. I, th I think it started over a coffee with Sam, actually, at some point, um, <laughs> some time ago, just, um, you know, meeting Sam myself and then, you know, developing a conversation that has spanned and involved a number of different third parties now. So leaders from the industry, whether it being uh, from, you know, software vendors, cloud service providers, you know, telecommunications, what we've found is the more people we talk to, the more people come to the fore with um, a viewpoint, uh, a similar viewpoint around the gap that we're seeing out there. So we've got representatives from Amazon. We all know who that is, you know, the biggest um cloud services provider, I suppose, out there in some respects. Um, Spark, Curious, ourselves from PwC. So it really is a bunch of uh, passionate human beings that are seeing what they can do to leverage their position um, in the market and um, their organisations to help create a better future for, uh, for, for Māori and Pacific. Awesome. Hey, so Sam, uh, since I started over a coffee with you, I might throw this one to you. Why does this... Um, I guess this challenge in our industry matter to you personally? I think it's, I've been away for 18 years, came back to New Zealand and the breadth of thought that builds great opportunity comes from the mix of people that I met overseas. So uh, the last eight and a half years I was working in London and just different types of communities and the different thought processes that people brought from their own backgrounds really made amazing outcomes in the, in the pieces of work that I did and came back to New Zealand. Uh, the diversity most probably in the workforce within the tech sector wasn't there. And I'm passionate for New Zealand to really get up and get going and provide a great outcome for you know where we're going to go in the next 20 years. You'll hear many tech companies talking about this. Uh, we either don't have the people to do it, or we don't have the expansive like thought processes to be able to get us there. And you know we've got amazing people in New Zealand. <laughs> and why aren't we leveraging everyone in New Zealand to these great outcomes within the tech industry? Uh, and so that's why it's passionate about me. How do we make New Zealand greater? And how do we get the experiences that people like myself have had overseas into New Zealand so that we are growing the tech sector and just the opportunity for everyone in New Zealand to have an equitable uh, opportunity within 
uh, work and with an equal amount of pay coming into households. Fantastic. And um, I think you touched on the challenge uh, that elevating Aotearoa's futures um, is addressing, Rob, earlier, but there's certainly an underrepresentation of a number of uh, um, I mean, members of the community, uh, Wahini in particular, Māori Pacifica, absolutely, uh, Māori Pacifica Wahini. Um, so, you know, talk to me a little bit about, you know, what is the specific challenges that, that this program is addressing? Um, outside of just uh, trying to build better representation of talent in New Zealand? Yeah, yeah sure. I, I think if we look at the tech industry as a whole, we're talking about you know, our, probably our fastest growing sector. I, I kind of hear it bounce between third and fourth in terms of our largest export. I think with COVID, we have no doubt it's certainly going to jump um, over the next 12 months in terms of where it sits on that scale. Right? And mm. One of the things COVID has taught us is that um, you know it hits the most the vulnerable, the hardest, right? So we are fortunate enough to work in this industry, Sam and I, and all the people that I mentioned before, and we, we are aware of all the privilege that brings us. I have a personal view that if we don't get get more representation of those uh, those communities in ICT, we're locking them out of all the economic opportunities that's, that exist within ICT, fastest, uh, sorry, highest paying industry, like I said, highly resilient, global, all the opportunities that it's brought me and my whanau, um, if, if we don't get that right, I think we will continue to grow the, the, you know, the equity divide that already exists by locking Māori and Pacific people out of the, uh, the ICT industry. Mm-hmm. Second to that, is, in my mind, is how do we get um, more access to digital within the homes? I saw a report that came through from, uh, I think it was Ngāti Whātua Rake. They did it with Auckland University about the impact on rangatahi as part of their COVID um, engagement with their iwi, right? I think it was about 50% of those kids were using a mobile phone to learn. Now, I've got a daughter. She is year 12 at school. She was glued to her laptop. She's privileged. She has an opportunity to sit down and really just focus on learning so she can continue to do well at NCEA, et cetera, et cetera. By not having um, those privileges in a number of Māori and Pacific households, the mm. learning uh, divide, the, the gap, the, 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 ability, the deceleration, I think, that, that happens without access um, particular over COVID will have long-term consequences, right? So in my mind, there's two major rocks here to solve. How do we get more access in homes? How do we get people just comfortable learning and using um, the digital capabilities? Because it's not there and it's not in the homes that need it the most. And the second part is how do we get that participation up so we can get more people thriving in what is a an industry that's going to be there for a long time and it's going to continue to grow and it's going to continue to reap rewards for those who are in it. So in my view, a big part of solving the, uh, the equation for Māori and Pacific when we talk about the equity divide, is about getting higher income um, into those whānau and those homes. Mm. Fantastic. And I think just to, just to call out, I mean, we're going to go into this a bit more, but um, today what we're really asking for from Kiwi businesses is to get engaged and elevate Aotearoa's future and actually uh, put your name forward to take on some of these amazing, talented individuals that we're going to see through come through the program. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess, you know, the question I would love to, to hear your thoughts on is 
this has been a problem for some time. There's nowhere near enough data on it. There's not been enough research on it. Um, but but we have known that it's an issue for some time. And I think what you know, a number of people have tried to solve this problem. What do you think is still the reason why this is such a um, such an issue in New Zealand today? And, and and where have we failed? What's stopping us from achieving better representation in technology? Mm. Do you want to pick that one up, Sam? Start, so maybe you can you can build on it if you want. Um, again, this this is Rob Fisher's view, and just what I see as being a Māori living in Māori communities, right? I, I think we need more role models in this space. We need to show Rangatahi and Tamariki that this is a career for you. You need to see people that look like them and sound like them and talk like them thriving in this industry and seeing all the opportunities that it's given them and the cool stuff that we get to experience. You know, I've travelled the world, been open to the US, been all around with the different companies and the, and the organisations that I've worked for. The industry's given me so much. But I think that with the lack of... Um, the, the lack of diversity we have, we don't have enough people just showing these people from a young age, this is for mm. us to thrive in this industry. It is something that we can participate and we can be successful in it. So I think yeah. that's why the real focus on my mind is uplifting those numbers and I think really thinking about how we inspire and motivate more rangatahi to see the opportunities mm. that exist within the sector. So I, I think that's a, that, that's a really important, important part from my end. Uh, to, mm. to touch on your point also about the numbers, you're right. I haven't seen. You know, I see varying numbers come out about Māori and Pacific participation in ICT. The, mm. the um, it, it flows. I've seen some as low as two, some as high as eight. I don't know, right? But just the eye test, the sniff test. It's obvious to me that we mm. have a gap. And anyone who works mm. in the industry, I think the industry are much more aware of it than necessarily outside the industry. That's why you're seeing pockets of industry start mm. to focus on this because we, again, we're lucky. We're further enough along in our careers now. We can start thinking about how we give back, and I think that's why you're seeing more and more focus on this because it's an obvious gap to anyone who sits in meeting rooms mm. um, within the ICT sector. Hundred percent. And following on from what Rob's saying, like the the common outcome from talking to people out in the community have been, um, you know, the most companies are trying to hire people that have got the experience. You know, I found this firsthand when I came back from. Uh, living overseas, and people said, sorry, you know, there's not a position for you because you don't have New Zealand experience. I mean, oh, that's interesting. <laughs> so I've got global experience working for very large uh, international corporates, and it must be even harder for people that are trying to get in uh, to the tech industry who don't have qualifications, that haven't worked for any tech companies whatsoever, and compound that even further when they don't have any of their uh, whanau or uh, anyone within the community that is also working in the tech sector where they see it as a viable opportunity. And then you've got apprenticeships on top of that, which don't really exist within the tech sector, especially within, um, you know, in the competitive market where you've got a lot of people graduating, most probably with technology degrees, which are coming from families or areas that have actually had the money, so they've already got a privileged background. And so you're turning around and saying, you know, we've got a lot of really skilled people here. How do we get them into tech to grow those gap capabilities that are sitting there? Um, and talking to uh, some Pacifica people recently, I was like, how'd you get into tech? And they're like, someone took, a, someone took a chance on me and they saw the great skills that I've got that aren't necessarily from university, uh, that I'm getting from X, Y, and Z. And they said, hey, I think you'd be great for this game me a go. And they were right on the money, you know, uh, and now we've been able to see more people come through tech through taking that risk. And I think that's... That's one of those things. How do tech companies find the support to be able to say, hey, you know, 
I'm going to try a different avenue in terms of my hiring. You know, it's not just going to be the people that have come through with masters or doctorates from technology courses at Auckland University or Waikato or Dunedin or Otago. What about people that really just have the natural ability and natural skills? You know, and it changes households, it changes communities, it changes generations. You know, by offering those opportunities through apprenticeships like this. Yeah, I agree. That's fantastic, and I know um, it's one of the things I love about working at the Instillery is that we're prepared to look at our hiring processes differently. Um, and so it was no shock to me when when Mike uh, Mike Jenkins let us know that we were supporting an event like this, an initiative like this, sorry. Um, so look, that's a great segue into what is elevating Aotearoa's future and uh, what is the programme, what is it offering and who is it for? Great, I'll take that one, Rob. So elevating Aotearoa's future is for Marion Pacifica uh, specifically. So we're targeting um, people that wouldn't necessarily have gone through university before and being able to get, get the opportunity to go on a three-month course to be able to learn uh, the skills to be able to become a data uh, consultant for cloud technology. Right. They would have been skilled up to be able to be effective in the workforce for it. We'll also make sure that they come out with no debt. That's huge. right? They're going to come out with a short job at the end of this. And they're going to be able to cover the bills that their family or their household may have during this time. So they're not going to have to give up work. It's a full-time commitment um, for a 12-month contract with an employer. And the first three months is a full-time training. So it's uh, face-to-face. It's five days a week, you know, eight hours a day to be able to learn the skills, to be able to hit the ground running and set them up for a future within data and cloud consultancy uh, within the tech sector. And the first intake is only 20 people. And it's 20 people, so that it's concise. It's a control group um, that gets the most benefit out of the trainers that we're able to bring over from Australia to be able to lead this course. It's been effective over in Australia to be able to build the capability and build people and to be able to see good outcomes for organisations that take on these people. So uh, that's, that's the course. That's what we're looking for. And now we just need... Uh, companies to put up their hand and to be able to take on 20 placements. So 20, 12-month, uh, full-time sorry, uh, contract positions uh, for data consultants. We know that the opportunity uh, exists out there for uh, companies to be able to grow in this area. So there's no lack of need to be able to bring these people on. Uh, and then once we've got those employees, we can start uh, finding those candidates to be able to come on board and be able to pair with those organisations to be able to see them grow uh, and add that value to their bottom line. I, I think, too, from my perspective, I love the model because I'm someone who didn't go to university. So I've been really lucky in my career for someone just to take a chance, like Sam said, that was me you know, some time ago. Um, and just seeing the opportunities it's given me, being able to thrive in the work environments and just everything that's been afforded to me and my whanau, just I, I love the model of, uh, of what EAF is looking at. So... Wouldn't it be great if um, one day in the not too distant future we're not talking about uh, taking a chance but actually rewarding employers for smart hiring decisions uh, mm. that we know work well and that is tested rather than seeing it as an anomaly 
but as a, as a legitimate HR recruitment strategy to, to look at talent in this way. Mm. I, I think you're seeing that more and more too. Like as, as our industry's matured, we have the luxury of, you know, more and more people with, you know, the, I suppose the hardcore technical skills. But what we often look for as employers is the, um, the soft skills, right? Confidence to engage with human beings. The reality is we're just making something. Technology is just the medium for doing that, right? You still need to make sure that service, that product, what you're doing um, is going to resonate and be fit for purpose for human beings. And, we, and, and I find more and more that is the differentiating factor for success when we hire people is there their confidence in themselves, their ability to work as part of a team, all those sort those mm. soft skills become really important. And, and in my mind, um, accelerate people with those skills, really accelerate within the professional working environment in, in ICT. Yeah. Oh, 100%. 100% agree with you there. I, um, I have a background in behavioural psychology, marketing communications, and started off in finance. If you had told me I would be doing business development for an IT um, services integrator in cloud um, then I would have told you you were crazy, but it's absolutely that, that ability to be curious and work together, right? Um, and care. I think ultimately the best people in our industry really care and they understand the, the responsibility of it being in the technology and the impact that it actually has on the way people interact with the world around them. Mm. So we need 20 businesses um, and digital leaders to get on board. How can they get on board? Super easy. Uh, the great thing is, is it's on your screen right down there right now. So if you visit eaf.kiwi and all you got to do is register your interest, go to the employer uh, page and just fill in the, the contact form at the bottom and let us know you're interested uh, and we can take it from there. Uh, and it's only 20 people that we need to put up your hand to say, hey, we're willing to back this. And uh, the cost is the same as if you took on any uh, uh, young person uh, into the, your organization and train them from scratch. So it's a one-year commitment. Uh, the expectation is $75,000, so it's $60,000 that you'd normally pay an intern. You'd usually pay someone to be able to go and find uh, that intern for you, and then you'd pay for training on top of that, uh, which would usually equate to $60,000 plus about fifteen all up, so a $75,000 commitment. So if that's you and you want to be able to grow your data consultancy, uh, capability uh, and you're willing to be able to grow uh, New Zealand's capability and Marion Pacifica capability in this area, please jump on the website, get in touch, and uh, we'll be right in touch with you. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. And like you say, there is no shortage. We're again working in business development in this industry. There is no shortage of opportunity in this space. Um, mm. And these talented individuals aren't falling from the sky. We can't grow them fast enough. So this is this is a, a much needed course and a much needed initiative, uh, yeah. not just for the social good aspect, but a hundred percent for the commercial return as well. Would you agree? Hundred <laughs> percent. Absolutely. Awesome. Well, the ancillary is in. Uh, and thank you guys so very much for, for joining us today. It's been an inspiring chat. And thank you for, for doing something about this and, and working with us in this space. Um, and if there's anything um, anything else you want to say to the people listening, now's your time. It's really just sign up, isn't it, team? <laughs> Absolutely. Sign up. Uh, it's, a, it's the way that New Zealand, the only way that New Zealand is going to grow. It's the way that we're going to uh, create a stronger industry and a stronger New Zealand in the future by growing our own. We can't import people anymore. 
Uh, and why should we when we've got great people in New Zealand that we can train up to be great, not only for New Zealand companies, but also in the future when they can go out and create great impacts out in the world, growing greater startups, uh, growing stronger industry for New Zealand, uh, providing greater outcomes for families. Get on board. Cool. Oh, thanks. Thanks so much, guys. And um, to everybody listening, you heard them sign up, aif.kiwi. And thank you for tuning in to Top Shelf Tech.